I'm not looking forward to this episode. Oh boy, that's the spirit. Ahoy, hoy, noiros. Welcome to a fantastic week. And I'm not just saying that because I have my Fantastic Four shirt on. I was waiting for it. I'm glad. I wasn't even going to say anything, Dan, honestly. But yeah, I found a good Jack Kirby shirt. That was surprising. I wasn't even looking. Sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes the shirt finds you. There you go. I think I already said your name. Is that right, Dan? Dan, 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 Dan? That's me. Who am I? Gentleman Joey. Here to say, welcome to the show. Welcome. How's everything going? Good. I had a good segue that you wanted no part of to include your end, end of, but uh, we got a bidet here at the house. Wow. What you fuck with those? On? Uh, my roommate, Jeremy, and I'll have another Jeremy segue here in a bit. Uh, he's been talking about this bidet for a while. We had to get a replacement toilet seat like two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And this was the night that I got in a car accident and totaled my car. So that was very memorable. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like a good idea at the time. Never used one. Finally, this thing is unearthed out of nowhere the other day. And uh, what a world. A little afraid at first, you know. Was always the, you know, you know. I'm for it, but it was time to be like, okay, well, here we go. This, you know, you, you wanted this, but it was it was a dream. The whole thing's a dream. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh man, two wipes and you're done. And that's just to just make sure everything's dry and, and, and good to go. But man, what, what a world we're living in. <laughs> it's great to hear. Can't recommend that enough. I'm sure Maybe. our listeners were waiting for us to finally talk about it. I, I would imagine so. Feel free to come over and give it a try and Maybe you'll like it, you know? I think we could be the house that is, like, people test it out at. You could say testing the waters. <laughs> we'll even say waters, too, just to make it feel like home. Thank you. You don't even need to take a shit, too. You could just, like, you know, sit down and see just, what happens. Just try it out. Just see what the sensation is like. Yeah. It's more, you know, you, you've taken showers before. I have taken showers before. That's true. We got them on the record, folks. It's <laughs> a true statement. Those stink flies must be for other reasons, right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I smell so good, actually. They're exactly. They're like, you know, people say they're stink flies, but they just like good smells. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Stink. Stink could be a good smell. That's true. You know, we always use stink in the bad way, but. Right. You stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it stinks like the critic. There you go. I watched the uh, Simpsons critic crossover episode. It was on TV pretty Great. recently. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. That is a good time. It's yeah, so I weird that that happened. I rewatched The Critic not that long ago because I have the DVD box. Yeah, I think we talked about it. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. We're always here to shout out The Critic. I mean, this can become a Critic podcast two seconds, just like that. Yeah. First season's better than second season, but still still good. You watching any any stuff? I've been watching some TV shows mostly. Yeah, I actually like I was going to watch some new ones. And then I realized that I I was just really in the mood to watch one of my all time favorite shows, especially when I was a kid, uh, A Different World. Um, huge yeah, fans. Nice. You don't um, have to feel I, guilty about that one. Yeah, I, I rewatch. I re. I mean, it, it still sucks that Bill Cosby was a part of it, but out, outside of that, I mean, he, he basically. I mean, he's of, he's like less so because that was like the like Lisa Bonet like fuck off. Here's your show. Yeah, and then he basically left after the first season because it kind of it got the control was taken over by Debbie Allen and she became like the de facto like person in charge of producing it directing most of the episodes and so forth and writing and stuff like that yeah. so yeah after that it was it was fine but yeah i i always loved that show i, I remember watching reruns as a kid uh, i feel like it was in syndication pretty early like yeah. in the early early mid 90s and i remember it being on like the local channels and then at the time like some of the especially at the time i think I, if i had cable it was only on like one television set we only had like one 
set up. So I had like, we had small, like independent TVs, like almost like rabbit ears and stuff like that. And that was one of the channels we got played reruns of old shows and the different world was one of them. And I just loved it. I always just remember watching it and, and being on it, and I still, I still love watching it and it holds up. It's so funny. Uh, it's still, it's, it's very re relevant. I think even to this day, a lot of the topics were very groundbreaking even at that time and still, you know, I, I think are very important topics today. Um, so it's just a testament to like how really a good show it was uh, to have both social consciousness, but also, you know, humor. I mean, it's, it's like a really, really good mix. Um, it definitely was one that made sure it had like a reason for existing and had something right. to say, but also, exactly. you know, the people behind it were so damn funny. Like they can't help but being funny. And when you find a way to mix those things, I mean, that's probably the most powerful way to get those messages across is through laughter, you know? Yeah. It's and, more and disarming. And right. And I think they do such a good job of it. So I'm right now, so there's six seasons. I'm in like the middle of season four. Oh, so wow. I've been, I've been like cruising through it. Like I, it, like I got really hooked on it. Cause I'm just like, now I'm like, I'm like squeezing in episodes left and right all throughout the day. Like, it's back in the day like, when you get like 26 episode seasons, but you know, you're exactly. Still That's what 20, it was. 20, you know, 25 minutes or something right. like that. You're blowing through. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're, those episodes are 22 minutes and then you can, you can, uh, fast forward through the intro. Although I do love the intro and the song. I mean, that's very iconic. But um, you can you can fast forward. You can even shave off a couple minutes. So now you're down to like twenty. There you minutes, go. I don't so. have time for themes. I gotta get. You yeah, know, exactly. I've, I've like, been watching Martin, which I could say all the same things about. Sure. <laughs> very socially conscious. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do. I, you know, I love the theme. It always gets me bopping. Oh yeah. I do skip it because it's like you know what? I got episodes to get through. Right. Usually what my rule is I watch it like the first episode when I start a new season. So there usually like I'll, I'll let it ride the first one because uh, sometimes they'll make slight changes to it, whether it's the cast or the song, because the song changed slightly for a different world sure. over time. They usually do. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty consistent through like the middle of it, but I think at the very last season or two, I think I, it changes. If they I got a little nervous. They're like, oh, this thing might get canceled. You know <laughs> what brings people in a new theme song every time out. Yeah. I always start a new a show if it's like, oh, they changed the theme song. I got to check this out. Yeah. You well, got I mean, me that... now, Goldbergs or yeah. <laughs> Young Sheldon or whatever oh. TV shows are out oh, there. Oh, boy. I, I, th I think that's why, like, I'm glad that, you know, one thing about the technology now is, like, I can watch a show like this that's so good because I feel like as far as, like, syndication or, or you know, actual legit television, quote unquote, stations are just turning out garbage like it's just it's just terrible i mean you know notwithstanding like the the you know netflix and like original series on, on a lot of the streaming platforms i'm talking strictly like you know your main like yeah your, your abc nbc cbs like i feel like a lot of the shows are just so well even watching like shows like that yeah it's like on these like weird channels where it's like it's great they got them but it, they have to like put in so much advertising that they just like chop it up all weird so it'll be like halfway through a scene and then it's like oh there's a commercial break and it like really ruins the flow the flow yeah a lot of times so, i'll get into a show and i'm like i'm just gonna i gotta fucking buy it like i don't want to go through this yeah so through, I, I was thinking of you because I, I recently got tubi app and uh they have uh i think it's rockford files is on there and uh batman the tv series is on there too that's pretty good and, and it's a free service and uh prince sign of the times which I, i'm gonna watch excellent um although with commercials that might be a little rough so that's the thing so when i watched a movie on there and i watched a couple other things so far it was only one i think it's like only like a couple throughout yeah, it's pretty it. so quick it's, yeah yeah it's, and they're pretty quick so yeah it's like you know it's like i have the hulu that's like that i'm used to it like yeah it does it stink you're yeah, coming but from like, that world right but this is also free i mean i'm i'm paying for hulu versus 
Tubi straight up just free. Well, that's so, that's the real crime right there is that you, you're paying to get advertised to. Exactly. Yeah. I would say just no ads or don't bother. Right. Is my suggestion. That's I hate your, ads. That's your credo. <laughs> I hate ads, but yeah, I also like watch, you know, like I watch Jeopardy and stuff like that. So I catch a lot of them and they're very repetitive and um, they oh, do yeah. become a part of your life. Like sometimes they just are so ridiculous. They'll, they'll get you, you know. Especially around here with the Pennsylvania Lottery Groundhog one. Gus. Yeah, I love Gus. Gus. Yeah. yeah. Keep on scratching. Shout out to Gus. I think Gus and the Cola Guard guy are related. The the Cola Guard box. Yeah. He's not invasive, so. first off, Dan. You should know that about Good him. This is Good what I'm enough. talking about. I know too much about these bullshit commercials. Uh, yeah. The ones that crack me up the most is like the anti-Dr. Oz now because he's running for state senate. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and awful because his attack ads that he does on other people are like, yeah, get him. But like they're like, this fucking Hollywood liberal. Like, <laughs> they call him a rhino, which is Republican in name only. And then yeah. there's this one guy that goes, Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of those. I don't think I've seen that one. That I'll one see, would probably, yeah. I'll see if it's out there. But like he doesn't okay. just say what it is like a Republican in name only, and then just cuts to him yeah. and he goes, Rhino. And that's it. That's all he even says. Like he only shows up for that one. I don't know. I could I could go on and on. This could easily become a political attack ad podcast in, in no time. <laughs> um i watched that lakers show on hbo max i've been watching that oh yeah i thought about checking that out how was that don't do it it is terrible really um, yeah it is it is so bad i mean adam mckay is such a fucking hack and he sets the tone of this thing right off the bat actors whatever but it's too much like if it's an ensemble piece nine times out of ten it's because there's they're just trying to throw so many actors at you to like be like don't look at how bad this actually is mm. you know there's no substance here and it's just like too many times they'll be like look Who's in the audience? Is that a little Kobe Bryant? And there's a lot of like, look at the camera stuff. It's so brutal. Uh, uh, Jonah Hill directed the second episode. I will give him credit. I don't know if he did it, but there was just a scene of these two basketball players were playing like a, a street game and uh, Magic Johnson. I don't know why I'm saying like two random people. But yeah, I was like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> the other guy was random though. Okay. And then I like cut to a random scene of dogs fucking for like a millisecond. And then that was that. Because it cuts to like random stuff and usually like, you know, like it'll put like a uh, a 16 millimeter filter on like, you know, some pass thing or something like that. It did that, but it was dogs humping and it was so weird and out of nowhere that I laughed my ass off and that was the only time I ever did. So don't watch that show. Just watch the 30 for 30 Lakers versus Celtics documentary (laughs) that just goes over all this stuff and is real and is amazing. Yeah, Um, that story is so good. Like, that's why I was curious enough to watch this, but it's a trap. But stayed with HBO Max. I watched that Our Flag Means Death. I haven't finished it yet, but I started it. How is um, that? You know, it was like whatever at first, but it really did get better. Um, mm-hmm. And it got some laughs out of me. I was just looking for like background stuff while I work. Sure. You know, not, none of this is like I'm standing on a hill saying watch it. But there were some good laughs out of that. I don't, you know, I'll keep you posted. Uh, and then there's this animated show called Close Enough, which people who like cartoons, it's the guy that did regular show. I never mm-hmm. really watched it, but I'm familiar with it. This is more adult, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. great, great. Glad to have it back. So that's good. That does get a legit recommendation from me. And then I see Tokyo Vice is out. Uh, Michael Mann directed the pilot, only the pilot. The whole thing could be a trap after that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to check it out. There's three episodes up. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, I saw that pop up today when I went to watch more episodes of Different World. I saw that pop up. Is that where it is on HBO? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO Max. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I streamed I Martin on there before I bought it and they do it right. It's so good. 
I think it might be on a couple of them, but I, when, once I saw it on HBO Max, I was like, this is probably going to be the best watching experience. So and it's it, true. Although it, I'm finally it, starting to get that HBO Max lag, like once per episode, there's always a pause. And I, I always heard that and I never got it, but it finally happened to me. And I, I didn't, I don't care for it. I'll go through stretches where everything's cool. And then every once in a while, I'll have like a little bit of weirdness, but yeah, I, I, I've been pretty lucky. I think it hasn't been too bad. So I hope you keep up the luck, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to knock on this. I think it's wood right here. Mr. Lucky. Well, now that you can find four leaf clovers again, because we're past St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I uh, saw some old friends last night. Our, our friend Meats had a show. Oh, you went to that? Cool. W- with my roommate's band headlining. So it was Worlds Colliding. And that was my other Jeremy reference. And everybody did a good job. It was very cold, though. I, I didn't get to stay the whole time. But it was good. Where was it at? Is that Sunflower? Where's that at? It's in like Fishtown. Um, it's like across the street from this brewery that like owns the property and puts it down. But it's like outdoors. It's this really beautiful area. It's like kind of like you go down below, but you can see it from the street. And it was okay. The sound was not so hot. Mm-hmm. Like it started good and then just kept getting worse. And there was like this young kid doing the doing the sound. And I kind of felt for him, especially because Paponi was there. And I'm sure he was definitely making some faces. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't go over and try to i was waiting for it o- but it did, over. Not, it did not happen i get he he didn't give it enough of a shit i guess you know this is people yeah. get older i guess who knows yeah my That's favorite moment. moment i saw not a pony but of someone doing that was my friend's band aloha if you guys should listen to aloha one of the best them. my buddy uh kale parks is the drummer and this is when i was first getting to know him and they were playing in New Haven with Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin. Shout out to them. Great, mm-hmm. great band. Shout out Polyvinyl Band. I was saying, we're going Polyvinyl here, yeah. And Connecticut's uh, own titles had opened. They were, were not on Polyvinyl, so we could break up the monotony. First show was in my basement, actually, Dan. For oh, wow. them. But did great, but the sound was going rough. And Kale just got off the drums and ran up. You had to, like, go up to the sound booth. He, like, ran up there and just started, like, twiddling at everything and then came back down and resume playing it was like wow i've never seen that that was great yeah sometimes you just gotta take it in your own hands i guess you know absolutely shout out to kale parks tape on sludge people 2022 that's how we do like that nice segue thank you i didn't mean to but they just keep happening yeah including this segue right here because (laughs) we're talking segues yeah episode 67 it's savage searing and true from the homicide files of the Los Angeles police. He walked by night, Dan. I've been dreading this episode. Oh! <laughs> I was not looking forward to this episode, I'm going to be honest. I'm um, fascinated with that. I'm, I'm, th- this will be fun. This was, okay. this was released uh, November 24th, 1948. Another fun day in history. From Eagle Lion Films. Mm-hmm. Is this our first Eagle Lion? No, I don't think so. I feel what like we've done one. one. You're really going to try to do that to me right now, aren't you? I, you don't need to know. I, was, I didn't know if you knew offhand. You're the one who feels like we did one. Um, it's okay. We don't need to know. We'll put it in the notes if we figure it out. But it was produced by Brian Foy Productions. I think it's our first Brian Foy. Can we confirm that? Well, first, you have you have me on the, the Eagle Lion one. So this looks like it probably is our first eagle lion because i i know i've seen a lot of eagle lion film noir so i just wanted to make sure i saw somewhere coming yeah yeah and they are Mm -hmm. but you are correct that this is the first eagle lion and well i guess technically so that was after the fact so yeah i was gonna say prc but prc was acquired after detour was made so that's fine 
Yes, I digress. 1947 I, I digress. Uh, PRC had been acquired by Eagle Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a they were a British American film company, an mm-hmm. American Eagle, a British Lion. It's right there in the name, Dan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Eagle Lion is is very funny, and I will keep saying it. But they were gonna release British productions in the United States. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. But you know, between them and owning PRC, they were they were pretty known on the Poverty Row circuit. Directed by Alfred L. Worker. He's a worker, Dan. Yes, he is. Uh, with Not un- by name alone. That's true. <laughs> Uncredited contributions from Anthony Mann on the direction as well. Mm-hmm. We remember him from The Naked Spur, of course. Yes, I was going to say no more for the, the Westerns. I was, because I saw I'd clicked on his link before and I'm like, what did he do? And I couldn't find it. And then I finally saw it at the end. I'm like, oh yeah, The Naked Spur. That guy. Yep, that guy. Um, yep. The movie we didn't get to see in Blu-ray and see if it actually looked good or not. The cruelest joke ever played on the podcast. Screenplay by John C. Higgins and Crane Wilbur, who also has a story by credit, and cinematography by John Alton from The Big Combo. So it looks as good as that, for sure. Can that you give is it... the one thing I love about the I was the about movie. to say, can you give it that it looks so goddamn good? 100%. I mean, I'm a huge John Alton fan, so it, 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 if, if nothing else, it has John Alton cinematography. So that in and of itself, it, you're going to at least get my attention a little bit. I mean, I've seen this before, but... Yes. Um, you're at least going to get a little bit of cred from me for that. I wonder if, um, did you have a better experience this time, at least? Um, knowing that you don't like this movie right off the bat? I did. I, I think, I, I don't know if I want to wait to give my my like final thought, but I, I think, I guess I liked it more now than I did the last time I watched it, but I still don't love oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I know it's going to be a low grade from you, but I at least was yeah. curious if that much is true. I have also one more question for you, Dan. Sure. Um, were the names like changed to protect the innocent? Yes, they were. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, well, they were. Now we can go ahead and open this movie with some beautiful shots of Los Angeles. But the voiceover, it's telling us, don't get comfortable. The cops are working to keep this city clean from all the riffraff and nutso crimes going on. In fact, have they got a story for you? They do. I think one of the, the big gripes I have was like, I, I don't love the police procedural the whole like voiceover and the way it's structured and this was a i did have if you want another question this was one i wrote down for you is did this movie need the narration i think you could easily take it out and it it does maybe the intro and maybe you know sure if you want to do a little more but there's so much especially because there's a lot of scenes where they just shut the fuck up and let it play out right and it's fantastic and it just seems like there's no reason for it. It's not even like a fun, like blast of silence, like, hey, got some fun right. patterns, just vary by the book, you know, just the facts, man. Right. Well, that that that's, you know, I mean, I, I know we're going to talk about it probably in length, but I, I will say the only thing I'll, I'll say in its favor is if we don't have that, then maybe <laughs> we don't have a, a, a somewhat well-known radio and TV show after it. So, you know, uh, but Dan, what could that show be called? I wish they would say it in this movie a couple times. They might have. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Dragnet. Yeah. I don't know. Something that had Tom Hanks in it at one point. Yes. And they rapped and it was great. Oh, I watched some of the Money Pit was on TV the other day. Still great. There you go. Money Pit rules. So, yeah, I, I cop movies of this era usually aren't my thing because of, you know, the, the whole proceduralness of it all. But this one, I, I, it, it's so well shot. It does say dragnet a lot Mm -hmm. and it's quick. I like how quick it is. And Mm -hmm. I like the villain of the piece, you know, like the, the, yes, it has a great bad guy and he is, is great throughout. I I definitely would say like, yeah, the copness is kind of a drag and 
you know, the, the narration, but there's some cool stuff. I had a lot more fun with this viewing than last time, which I was mm-hmm. a little more bored by, but we'll get into it. We're going to go ahead and meet Officer Robert Rollins. He's a patrolman. He's driving home after a long day at work, just, just trying to get back to it. But on the way back, a little cop eye notices something funny and he decides to check it out. And his hunch is right. He busts a burglar in action. We, we see him trying to break into a place. And these two get into it. They go into a, a great shootout. And there's some great shootouts in this, too. See, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, and and it, it happened so quick in the beginning of the movie. Ah, but we lose you. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I do love the... Um, so the first thing I love is, is when he's, he's like, fum- he's like the cops like questioning him and, and he comes up to the window of his, of his personal car. And he's like, you know, uh, Hey, I don't have my ID, but I have my, you know, army discharge thing. And then he whips the gun and he's like in his coat pocket and he whips out the, the gun and shoots him. But that, and I love when he literally rams his car. Yes, like exactly. he's like, he's like after he got shot, then Richard Basehart's trying to get away in his car and he literally just <laughs> ramps his car <laughs> into his, his car. It's just wild to me. It's so good. And they, they it's shot well. I mean, they really ram it. It's not mm. any Hollywood trickery. No, only, and, only the best from Eagle Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and these two come together, Dan. Yeah. Eagle versus Lion. But no, they're friends. Yeah. So the cop, he passes out. He goes comatose. And now the police arrive to check it out. There's a witness. He didn't really see much. And they have trouble with the trunk. They're like, oh, we're off a key. Like, fucking pry it open. Come on now. And they find in there, because the burglar ditched his car, of course, after it had been crashed into. They find a ton of guns. And they're all military-grade hmm. weapons. So that might be something. We'll see. Hmm. But we have ourselves a nice little car ride after that with Captain Breen. And then you got Sergeants Marty Brennan and Chuck Jones. I'm sure it's the animator. Yeah. And they... They're like, you know what? We're going to take on this case. Uh, you know, they knew Rollins a little bit. So everybody wants to make sure he, he gets taken care of. They're asking around town. They bring in the usual suspects from off the street. They're being quite thorough about it. But, you know, unlike most cops, we probably just frame someone and call it a day. Uh, these guys, they want to know who shot their friend. So their hunt so far has brought up nothing. And Rollins actually eventually succumbs to his wounds and he dies. So the heat is on. The stakes are high. What are we going to do? Well, enough of that, though. Time to get back to the good stuff. We finally get a little more time with our burglar slash murderer friend. And uh, he's got a dog that he's very mm-hmm. nice to. So it can't be all that bad. And then after that, there's a lab. Where we're looking at some stuff. We're getting a, a feel of how dangerous Morgan is. You know, like some sort of explosives, right? Yeah, he had, um, uh, wasn't it like nitroglycerin or something I, like that? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So this guy knows what he's doing, for Which sure. Jack Webb tests later in a really bizarre Yes. <laughs> crude test to, 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 to discover if it if actually it is in fact that. So Roy, he's doing something with a lot of license plates. You can see that he's not on the level. And then he hears the cops. They have some suspects. So he thinks he's in the clear. He's feeling on top of the world. So he goes off to the old electronic shop. He's going to sell himself a new trinket. It's a TV projector. Mm-hmm. The owner of that shop, Paul Reeves, he's going to rent it out to people. And that's the little arrangement they have. Uh, mm-hmm. Reeve says he actually has a new customer who already rented this TV projector and he's probably going to buy it. You want to come meet this guy? But Morgan's like, I don't want to meet anybody. It's already bad enough that you and me talk. I'm going to see you later. Uh, the customer comes in and he's like, hey, wait a second. I've seen that before. That's mine. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, why are you trying to buy it? Did you already have like, did you have a hunch already? Or like, I think he did. I, I think, I think what it, cause it makes it sound like he, uh, he made it and then it was stolen from him. 
Okay. So it, it, so if he hears that like a, a seller's coming out there saying like, you know, it's like saying if so you, someone sells your bike and then you look up and you see somebody selling it in Craigslist, it, it sounds like your bike. You'd be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like to inquire about this. Yeah, let me this check this it's out. like this, this TV projector there. It's like the same idea. So it, I, that, it was like a very, like a special one too. Like it projected extra big. I don't remember how many yeah. feet. I want to say like seven or 37. I feel like there was a seven in there. I don't remember. But yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's definitely something something special to it um not as cool as the projector we get later though absolutely that's how you do it that that looks fun and high tech um yes so they call in the cops and they agree to look into it they're feeling good about this tip so they set up a sting for uh when roy shows up to get his money and the sting they do is so weird like the lights are all off and reeves is being like real weird so it's like naturally you're gonna think something is up here yeah but i love the way the way it's shot it's incredible it looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it, like I was saying before, like for a movie that's so busy with sound and the, from the voiceover and even like the way the dialogue comes out, it's kind of like a semi-fast pattern, like yeah. not clever, but it just is a little, a little speedy. It goes just silent and magnificent. It's it's very drawn out, but like in the best way possible. Also, yeah. this is a very fast movie, so nothing's really drawn out technically. Nope. And that definitely is in its favor as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roy, he's a total pro, just like the cinematographer. He gets a drop on the fuzz, and there's a nice shootout between two cops, and it's one that has consequences for all involved. It was between Jones and Roy, and they each got shot from one another. Roy, he needs to take out his own bullet afterwards, because, of course, he can't go to the hospital. That's so awesome. So well done, and the fact that they even did it. It's great, but on the other end of things... Jones, he didn't he didn't do so hot. He's been paralyzed now. So he's off the case and off to recuperate. After this, Roy, he's like, this is weird. The cops showed up. That's not good. Everyone's clearly on to me. So I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to mix it up. I do new things now. Now I, I rob stores at gunpoint. That's what I do. And you, there's a nice montage of him committing these crimes. That's so good as well. And you see his getaway where he just runs and then jumps through a storm drain and then into the tunnels. Love that. And he also has different ridiculous uh, disguises for all of them. <laughs> yeah, so no one can make up his face, and we'll see right. how that comes into play momentarily. And it messes uh, up their modus operandi too, because they're because they're as you see, like the true like police procedural where they go through all these procedures, and and he knows this, and we kind of find out why he knows this later. Yeah. But you kind of know why you know he's kind of like in their minds and kind of recognizes like, hey, if I disrupt my patterns and I change how i look they're gonna think it's all different guys and they're not gonna know it's me yeah they're looking for a guy who's just like breaking into places and robbing like now nah, i just take people up at gunpoint it's great but he had a pencil f- mustache yes he does <laughs> at first that's that, at least one, in the one of them yes yes yeah but he has to fire off a shot unfortunately so he leaves a shell casing and we got jack webb on the case of course so of course he's gonna know giant pictures of them yeah all these bullet casings it's all from the same person between the, the murder bullet, the paralyzed bullet, and now this one. So we got to figure out what the heck this guy looks like. So Captain Breen, he's, you know, he's a smart Captain Brain is what they should call him. He's like, bring in all the robbery victims. We're going to have ourselves a little experiment. Together, we're all going to piece together what we know and figure out what he looks like. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I have your attention for a moment, please. You've all been asked to sit in on a little experiment tonight. We're going to try to build a picture of a face. A face of a man who's cunning, resourceful, and deadly. He's a man who killed a police officer. Now, some of you he held up at the point of a gun. You may have seen his face, 
remembered something about it. And we want you to tell us exactly what you remembered. Whether it's his hair, eyes, nose, or mouth. And we're going to try to put those pieces together so that they add up into a picture of the face of the man we want. Now, you can see how we're depending on you. Which is just mind-blowing to me. Like, this is the, the sheer amount of people that are in that room. Yeah, he robbed a lot of people. Yeah. And then, of course, getting to what we were alluding to earlier with the amazing projector of, yes. that Jack Webb is, is uh, manipulating as they go along <laughs> <laughs> with different slides for hair and eyes and eyebrows. and Yeah. It's like you're putting it together at home. Do it yeah. yourself. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was. I mean, it's a fun. It's a fun little. Uh, yeah, it's it's a neat. Team. It's yeah. a neat idea, and it, it is a lot of fun. And they pull it off, and they yeah. have Reeves come in. He confirms, like, yeah, that's the guy. That's who I mm-hmm. deal with. You you figured it out. Way to yeah. go, Los Angeles. So we got him, right? Nope, obviously not. Roy, he's a total pro. I don't know if you've been watching this movie at all, but this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so the fuzz starts showing his picture around the criminal element. And they're like, you guys know who this is, right? They're like, we've never seen this guy. He's that off the grid. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't make friends with criminals. That's how you get caught. So the only guy that really seems to know him is Reeves. And he goes ahead and gets himself another hot helping a Roy who comes in from the shadows and his car. And he's at Reeves's place. He's going to rob him. And he also wants to know what the cops know about him, which is basically nothing. Yeah. But he confirms that like, oh, by the way, that cop, He's paralyzed, so he's probably going to die. They're not going to be too psyched on that. But he's like, all right, well, whatever. Give me your money. Reeves is like, I don't have any money. But Roy gives him a good leather slapping, and <laughs> Reeves coughs it up. Now, at this point, our detective, our uh, sergeant, Marty Brennan, he's feeling pretty burnt out. He's stuck. He's very frustrated. So Breen is like, you're fired, dude. You're off the case. And Marty's like, what? That's not cool. I thought we were friends. Go on vacation. He goes to take that vacation. He goes to see old Chuck. Who's like, duh, I know that's our boss. He's just trying to get you to clear your head so you can get focused again. You're a mess. You came in here and I'm trying to bring you down. I'm paralyzed. Yeah. I should be the one, you know, to tell you what's up. But I've had some time to think. So I'm a better detective now. And he has a theory that this guy must be a cop that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to get Marty's investigative skills back on that back in action and wheels are turning wheels are turning indeed he starts taking roy's picture to a lot of police stations like every police station trying to find a needle in a haystack that might not even exist right and he's at the very last place he even is like yeah this is the last place for me (laughs) and it's total bust and it's not looking good but then someone from behind the desk actually recognizes the picture it's roy morgan he was a amateur radio technician who helped around the station there until he got drafted in the army. Mm-hmm. So through this, they're able to figure out, you know, where he came from in Hollywood and uh, we're getting closer and closer to the culprit, a mailman, the U S postal service is able to help us out. They're mm-hmm. letting them know where this guy lives and that a milk route goes through there. And so naturally Marty's like, cool, what's up with that milk route? And he goes undercover as a milkman. Yep. <laughs> they have a great scene where he, like the mailman walks up to him and he's like, oh, yeah, let me get one. And they kind of like talk like they're just having chit chat while he points out the, uh, I don't know if you can call it like a bungalow apartment, I guess. Yeah, something like that. like that. Yeah. So um, he, where, where he, he lives. He makes the rounds and he runs into uh, someone who is <laughs> on Wikipedia, at least credited as paranoid housewife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's to- accurate. Yeah, she's this wacky lady, and he totally fucks with her too. <laughs> I was hoping maybe you could help me. 
There's something very funny going on in this court. Yes? I was scared to go to the police with it. I thought maybe I might be poisoned. What? Yeah. By the manager. She's a witch. She's a what? A witch. She puts poison in my milk. Oh, I see. Look. You switch the bottles once she isn't looking, see? Drink her milk. Then you'll be safe, right? And goes off about his deliveries. Um, he makes it to Morgan's place and he like smashes the bottle on his front doorstep real aggressively. And his dog starts barking and Morgan's gets freaked because, you know, he lives a solitary life. He doesn't see anybody ever. So he's like, you know, leave the milk. I'll clean it up. Get out of here. And he suspiciously watches the milkman make the rest of his deliveries. But that was enough for Marty to, to confirm that this is the guy. And the captain's like, all right, great. I'm a great boss at making composite photos and getting you to take some time off so you can be the best cop ever. I deserve a raise. Let's do this. Now we go back to Morgan's. And this is another great John Alton highlight. Also could be Anthony Mann at this point. I don't know where he comes and goes in this, but I'm going to give him most of the credit considering he worked with Anthony Mann a ton after this. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Alfred L. Worker, I mean, other than really one movie, which we'll get into, really hasn't done much of note you know like he wasn't known for being a spectacular director so i don't know I'm, I, I might be given man saying he's the man on this one but anyways there's another great scene we're back at morgan's place it's very dark and it's very silent and, and builds very slowly and he's his dog like a great dog starts growling because people are out there and we see the cops slowly surrounding his place and the growls turn to barks and morgan he makes a run for you hops up through his attic and slinks on out and yes. the, the cops chase after him and then he's able to do of course another slip to the storm drain faster than ever and into the tunnel uh which is a great getaway but unfortunately he gave away his best trick so they're on to him I wonder if Kyle reed watched this movie i wonder dan <laughs> it did predate it right that's what and- i'm saying I have a question for you in a moment, but we'll okay. get to it. I like all these question and answer segments I'm getting today. You know, and for nothing else in this movie, it did inspire these kind of things where I'm like, I wonder, you know, yeah. like I, I'd like to know your opinion. But maybe this is a podcast after all. The cops are now like a swarm of bees at this point. They're hunting every drain, sewer, and hole in the wet underground that they could find. Morgan's running ragged. He's damp and tired, but he's still managing to elude the cops. And they're getting closer to him. There's a lot of flashlights in the shadows, which is fun. I like flashlights in the dark. I think that might be a good trope we need to see more of. Um, Yeah. And there's a great shot of him where he starts shooting at the cops with a shotgun through like a tunnel. The way it's framed, like circular, was so well done. But yeah, they're fucking firing at each other. And Morgan manages to get ahead of him. He climbs up a ladder to a manhole cover, but it won't lift up because a cop car is on top of it. That's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes back to shoot at him further plenty of gunfire exchange and then they tear gas the hell out of them mm-hmm. uh, you see smoke coming up from the ma- the holes in the manhole cover which is cool and then the cops have all those spooky old gas masks which are fun yeah so it might qualify as fog i don't know you could argue there's a little fog in the beginning in the first sequence uh, that's true when they're on the on the street when that's true rather rob that was i i did notice that I, I i would say that counts because you miss that night mist of course yeah uh so yes he's all messed up from the tear gas now and they get plenty of bullets in him they shoot him dead once and for all the end i like when he's the shot of when he he gets he's he's got the gun he's kind of like hanging on at like the the hole and then they shoot him and then he, the body just like fl- fl- like almost like does like a 
a nosedive, but like feet first, like right into the, into the bottom. It's a really interesting way to fall, but um, yeah. Um, what did you think of that sewer scene in the third man sewer scene? Like how, how would you compare them? How would you rank them? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously that, that's, you know, what I brought up earlier with Cowrie. Like I, I mean, that's the first thing I, I thought about, but yeah, it's tough. Cause like, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Cause I mean, like, I don't want to say there's only so many things you can do in a sewer, but I think the between the two, it's been exhausted for sure. Right. I think aesthetically it's, it's a great location. I mean, as you can see, like it's a great location to like have the metaphor of being kind of closed in and tunneling. And you could, you could argue a lot of different things about, and it did serve a purpose too. Like this one, like it was part of the plot, like he'd been using it. Right. So yeah, it's tough. Like I like them both. I mean, like, like uh, that was going to be the other the merit I was going to say besides the, the, you know, the overall cinematography is like, yeah, I mean, the, the tunnel sequences, especially at the end are, are some of the highlights of this movie. That, and, and I think the plot itself kind of getting back to what you said, like if it didn't have the, the narration, I applaud it for the, nar- for the, the, the interesting nature of the, of the crime. The fact that like, he's like, this like electronics whiz and he's kind of been running this like a little bit of like a racket of like stealing electronics and then consigning them and making money off of it and selling them and, and doing all these things is, is, and especially post-war, it's just, it's an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I applaud them for doing something a little weird, a little bit different that you don't really see, but yeah, I I feel like the, the, I don't love the, all the procedural stuff, but like I said earlier, it's, if you don't have that, you don't have what comes after it. So I appreciate it for what it is, but not. I, not I do like it because I don't think it's too much, which sometimes there is. Like yeah. it, it is well balanced. I think you could definitely shave it down and, and have a little more Roy in there for sure. Yes, but it, it is also a quick runtime, and you know I would say you know lose the voiceover. Like it's it's pretty unnecessary. Yeah, but I mean it's not too distracting sometimes, but like more more at first than like later on. But as far as like that scene versus the third man, I would say like I like the London sewers more. Mm-hmm. but i liked this more because i mean especially you know like orson wells was barely in that third man scene so it's like they had to really compensate for that but right so it's like you really actually you're, you're getting a lot of richard Basehart in the in this which is good but then of right. course you got like the actual real swamp police in london so it's tough i mean they, i think where the, you know what is better about the other is what the other one is lacking so you know sure. ultimately you put them together there's the sewer but, you know, end of the day, I'm still going Ninja Turtles for my sewer needs. I think that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would give it a 7.8 night walks out of 10. Okay. What I really it's like about high, it, yeah. I like about it. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous looking movie. I mean, you could put this sucker on mute and just still be having a great time. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, at Baseheart really does a great job. He, he is a good criminal and such. Um it just unfortunately, you know, like I just needed like tightening up on, on like certain things. Yeah, it just seemed like it was lacking something. There's something mo- I wanted a little bit more from it. Yeah, because there are elements that are there that I really liked. And I think that's why it's disappointing to me. It's a potential film for sure. Like the, yeah. there's a lot there, but you know, like we said, it led to Dragnet and and, and third vicariously. <laughs> yeah, and then vicariously Adam Twelve um, yes. because there's there's the scene in in the beginning where they're kind of sitting in that um it's, it's beginning montage and has all the uh the the people like a, a lot of it were, were women where they were all kind of like you know like it was like the uh, almost like the dispatch basically but the ultimate dispatch where they're like they're in like a circle and they've got all the cards and they draw stuff they actually use that in the intro for adam 12 adam 12 is, oh, a, wow. is a spinoff of dragnet um mm-hmm. so i did catch that 
because I am both an avid Dragnet and Adam 12 fan growing up and, and still. So I, and Adam 12, they still show on me TV all the time. If, if you're, if there's any me TV fans out there, um, I would imagine if you're a fan of this show, you're watching me TV. Probably. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've seen every episode of Adam 12, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, three times over probably. So, so yeah, so I, I recognize that. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if Jack Webb also, you know, kind of, I mean, I get that that, that was a thing, but also like showing an early shot of that and something. I wonder if that, you know, was influenced at even at this point. Entirely possible. Yeah. The film's working titles were 29 Clues and the LA Investigator. Yeah, I think they went with the right choice here. Yeah, I think He Walked By a Night was... was it's a great title. Like, the title's better than the movie in, in many ways, you know? Like, yeah, no. it's a it's a very cool... T- I love the poster of this one, too. Yeah. Like, it, it really brings you in, for sure. It's just up to you to take it from there. And at least it's a title that delivers on its promise. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah, he's there. He's walking. It's he's, by he's walking, night. It's mostly by night when he's doing the walking. So yeah. <laughs> he hopped in the sewer by night, you know? Yeah. It didn't yeah. work as well. Uh, the technical advisor for this film was Sergeant Marty Wynn of the Los Angeles Police Department. He and Jack Webb, of course, hit it off. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you do a radio series based on some actual police files, huh? And also, they've been saying Dragnet a lot in this movie, haven't they? <laughs> Bring those together. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and then four months after this movie was released, it debuted on NBC Radio. Rest so, is history. It truly is. But this was also loosely based on a real-life crime spree from 1946 from old Irwin Walker, known as Machine Gun Walker. A lot of differences between the movie and this. You know, in the movies, they're like, the bad guy's got to get killed and he has to face consequences. Real life, he pulled it off. Um, you yeah. know, he, he had some close calls. He definitely was sentenced to death, but he pulled a suicide attempt. And for some reason, they were like, no, we want to do it, so... Get yourself together. Get your head right. We'll figure out this execution later. But then he was pronounced insane by a psychiatric board and was sent to a state hospital for the next 12 years before he was declared sane in 1961. And then the governor had commuted his sentence to life without parole. And then after that, he actually appealed his case to the Supreme Court in California. And the second time they vacated the without parole part of his sentence and was granted parole in 1974, where he lived a free man and as a chemist, changed his name and died in 2008. Yeah, he lived pretty long. Yeah, so crime does pay, Jeff. You know what doesn't pay? Hollywood. You got to mm. save that. Yeah, save that money. So you better reuse those shots. Yeah. So come 1955 and the big combo. I think we said this at the time in the episode, but yeah, they uh, reused the shots of two patrol cars pulling into the police station. So, and, and this, this brings up something because I, I could have sworn I saw this same shot used in a film we did recently or either we did it or, or I, I watched it, but this has definitely been used even another time that sequence where the cars are piling up and it's that it says like police detective station and you see the, all the kind of criminals filing out of the police car. I think and you're I right. And I couldn't find what it was. I was trying to look for it before and I was trying to see if I could jog my memory. I'll see if I can come up with that at a later time and I'll. I'll sneak it in another episode, but yeah, I, I could have sworn I saw that even in another. They've used that a lot. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a hell of a shot. Yeah, and also I mean, it, it's pretty it, useful, you know. Yeah, exactly. And Wait, anyone, you know what? Actually, I think it was even the last episode. I think it was. I think it was. They live by night. I think oh, they actually wow. used it. I think okay. it was. Yeah. There you go. Same year too. So I wonder if they even knew <laughs> that they would be using the same shot with a similar title. 
it might have been. It was definitely recent. I definitely watched it recently. So we'll see if we could figure that out. Yeah. But yeah, big combo. It, yes, for sure. Big combo. Yes, you could put it in any movie you want, Dan, because this movie is public domain. Mm-hmm. It's ours for the taking. But we have a very nice print, thanks to UCLA, of course, Film mm-hmm. and Television Archive, still coming through for us. Um, and then, yeah, Anthony Mann, he had directed Eagle Lions kind of half documentary movie T-Men around this time. And then he was taken on to help finish this film. Mm-hmm. Which I also believe was John Alton cinematographer. Yeah, it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eagle Lion uh, cinematographer before becoming the man. Uh, like we said, this was predated the third man by more than a year. But of course, these are very similar scenes. You, you can't help but compare them. And then, of course, you want to get back in the sewers, specifically the Los Angeles storm drains. It was used again in the film Them from 1954. If you like horror, I think we all do. I do. There we go. That's one. <laughs> uh, some quick fun facts about the actors. Uh, Richard Basehart, uh, Roy Morgan, of course, best known for the TV show Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which ran from 1964 to 1968. And also, Dan, uh, he did the opening narration. You want to hear narration? This is how it's done. He did the credits to Knight Rider. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know what else he also did, I found, which was fucking weird? In 1962, I didn't even know this movie existed, let alone that he did it, but he played Hitler in a movie called Hitler. Yeah, I did not know that that existed. Yeah. So it was like, why would you do this in 1962? It looked like an American production, too. It's like, and Richard Basehart was like, I, I want to be Hitler. So there you go. That's that's something that exists. Uh, Scott Brady, our Marty Brennan, is from Brooklyn, and he, he had to take it some time to lose that accent. But briefly with him, he had two brushes with scandal. Uh, he was arrested for narcotics possession in 1957. But the charges were dropped and he always said that he was framed. And then he was also banned from horse racing, <laughs> from participating in it because he uh, was friends with some bookies and they didn't like that. And then also he had some troubles with Eagle Lion films and some lawsuits. They sued him saying that he didn't fulfill his contract's requirement of making two films a year for five years with them. Then he countersued saying that his career was damaged when they had suspended and sued him. Wow. Well, and one other note with him, which I found interesting is if you notice on the posters, a lot of the posters they have in his credit, it says Scott and then quote, quote, Cannon City Brady. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's it's definitely in the main poster. It's like it's got like that blue background and it's Cannon City was a film noir that he did right before that. So it's, Uh it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, even in terms of today of like, you know, trying to almost like piggyback off of other movies, but the idea of them like literally just putting it in his name, like whether he was actually known as, as that, if anyone called him Cannon City Brady, I don't know, but it's, it's definitely in there. So I thought that was, that was pretty fascinating. Is he the only one they do that for too? In the poster. Yeah. Wow. Um, So weird. I guess at the time, I guess, like I said, maybe they were trying to ride that whatever cachet Cannon City had. I haven't seen Cannon City. I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. So Maybe it maybe it was a hit. I don't that I don't know. But does that um, have um Scott Cannon City Brady in it? <laughs> it does. Well, yeah, that's he, good. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. So it was directed by Crane Wilbur, Cannon City. So that could have something to do with it. And John Alton was the cinematographer and it was the, the Eagle Lion. So that's I, I about feel everybody. Like, <laughs> right. It, it <laughs> seems like it ha- and with Bissell's in it. So I, I feel like they were definitely like 
trying to cash in on the the whole like hey we're all part of the eagle lion yeah you love eagle lion right come yeah. check out our next movie i'm sure i'm sure you've seen canon city so why not see <laughs> you walk by night um and apparently that movie is, is also semi-documentary ish so weird about like a prison uh what a weird like a style yeah it was a thing 1948 man you know who else was a thing dan who is that roy roberts as captain breen hmm uh, in the 1940s and 50s, he was in plenty of film noir. I mean, we've seen him in Nightmare Alley, of course. Mm-hmm. He's in Force of Evil, The Enforcer. And uh, he also was in House of Wax with Vincent Price. Not mm-hmm. film noir, but this is old friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was also in plenty of 70s neo-noir. He did The Outfit in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of MeTV, those MeTV fans at 9.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. He was in uh, the season two episode of Green Acres as the governor. There you go. There you go. One more segue. Reed Hadley, the narrator, did he do Dragnet? No, he didn't do it. They they didn't want to keep this guy. But he was the narrator for the pilot of Green Acres. Hmm. He's fine. <laughs> I yeah. remember watching that and be like, boy, I hope this doesn't keep happening and that it didn't. Yeah. Um, and then James Cardwell or Chuck Jones. Uh, <laughs> one thing that was weird about him is like, he got engaged to a model, but then she ended the relationship after she got burns in a stage accident. Weird. You'd, you'd think you'd want to lock someone down after that, but apparently after that, he had come out as gay. So that might have been what had done it. And he was born in Camden, New Jersey, which is not far. There you go. But unfortunately, he was pretty depressed about his career and how bad things were going and his, his money. So he killed himself at the age of 32 by gunshot in Los Angeles. Wow. But his last film, Dan, you want to talk segues? He was an uncredited officer in the film Them. Ooh. Two tunnel movies. Wow. And then wrapping it up, Alfred L. Worker. He's a worker. You know, not much to say about him, but he did do repeat performance, which has recently come out and is, is uh, mm-hmm. getting everyone excited in the film noir circuits. And I forgot that he did Me both too. of these. Um, you know, <laughs> the stylistically, they don't really compare, but. Yeah. That, that'll be fun, and, and perhaps we'll get to something like that in the future. But our hmm. future, Dan, what's coming up for us, our future takes us to 1945, so back a year. Well, we're gonna, three, we're, three years. Three years. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I now you're, where... now you're, doing, you're doing me me math, where I, what did I say last episode, like 20, 2002 or whatever I said <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> the worst part is I had 1948 still in view for me to reference, but... We're in 45. We don't know anything about 1948 yet. All we know about is Joan Crawford, and we're doing a little Mildred Pierce. Mm. Mildred. Mildred. A name gasped in the night. The one last word of a dying man. But one word that tells a thousand stories of a woman who left her mark on every man she met. Mildred had more to offer a man in a glance than most women give in a lifetime. Mildred knew what she wanted. It wasn't too particular how she got it. Mildred, loving her was like shaking hands with the devil.
Well, I, uh, I wonder why you brought me here tonight. I mean, all of a sudden, boom. Husband gone, soft lights, quiet room, opportunity. You make me feel, oh, I don't know, warm. And wanted. How long has this been going on? Monty's going to divorce you and marry me. And there's nothing you can do about it. You think because you've made a little money, you can get yourself a new hair doing some expensive clothes and turn yourself into a lady. But you can't. Because you'll never be anything but a common... Big time. A, yeah, we're big timing. Big time. Yeah, I haven't watched that in a while. So, yeah. I hope we still like it. I hope so, too. It's on HBO Max, mm. as is the TV miniseries, which we'll get into. But I say, don't watch it. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's more it's more book accurate. OK, there's no film noir. We'll get into it. That. That, that's a whole thing. That, why am yeah. I getting rid of the good stuff when we could talk in the next episode? That's true. If you want to talk before then. Maybe we'll talk to you, but find out the real out of the podcast at gmail.com out of the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, out of the cast on Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Good people there. We're building you slowly. Uh, <laughs> we're a whisper in a hallway, but we will be screaming soon enough. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Apple podcast, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. Have you done that in a while? Have you ever done it? Is this your first time? Tell us what you think. huh? Yeah. Why not? Why not? There's no reason not to. That's something I do in my free time. What, just review things? Yeah, I sit there and review podcasts. Do you? Okay. No, I would never, but please, if you don't mind doing it for us. <laughs> or maybe you just, uh, are you, have you been going under false names and then reviewing ours? Is that what you've been doing? That's a lot of iPhones, Dan. Yeah. I just. Well, I know you have a couple of burner phones lying around <laughs> somewhere. So. <laughs> if that was the case, I would be far nicer and give us better reviews if that was the case. Mm. I just thought you were being brutally honest. Well, I like, to, <laughs> I like to save that for my therapist. Fair enough. TBD. Yeah. But we're, we're, going, we're going down a path. Yeah. But desperately needed. All right. Well, anything else to wrap it up? We're, we're, we're no longer in the night, but it was interesting to be here. Two similarly titled films and came out at the same time. And Yeah. Very different. Very I don't different know what films. we were trying to say with this other than <laughs> two movies that have similar titles, but that's all right. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 kind of glad we did it that way. I think it's interesting. It's like two different sides of a coin, you know. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's just two different stories with very similar names. But hey, yeah, I you know, like I said, there are there are things I like about this movie. So it's not is it's not an all bad experience. But I, I don't. I get what you mean. Like what you yeah, don't like, I, I can't necessarily defend. Like right, exactly. I think that, and that's the thing that there are some deficiencies in that that are hard to. I would just say though, as far as those things go, it's like kind of one of the best versions you get. Like, yeah, it's 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 a, one of the more gentle procedurals, and you know, at five forty-five p.m., you know, like all that bullshit. Yeah, I I don't mind those because, like I said, I mean, like I like Dragnet and Adam Twelve. Like I like those type of things, but I think 
if, if we're talking like film noir, like I want it to be like a film noir. Like I don't yeah. want it to be a police, police procedural because then you kind of walk a fine line. Yeah. Um, a little but bit. they but, did give us a very good criminal in this one. So that, right. that really you got definitely... good criminal and you got dark and really good cinematography. So that, that I think that's what gives you that that lean into the, the film noir. And, and for that, I, I do. I do appreciate it. Well, I'm glad we didn't waste your nearly hour and 20 minutes. No, you didn't. No, I, like I said, I mean, I've, I watched it before. I've watched it again. And now this we're here. This is the last time, though. Eh, we'll see. Well, I, I wonder. I, that'll be the fun yeah. part of this podcast is when the years go by and you're like, oh, you know what I watched the other day? Well, you know, I mean, not that one, but I mean, I I, I forgot to mention real quick that I, I made my way all through that Ida Lupino Kino box set. Oh, right. And, and I was I was watching them in order and I, I rewatched Hitchhiker, you know, after we just did it not that long ago. And yeah, I still loved it. It was still amazing. Um, not that so, long ago. That must have been long ago, right? When did we I mean, do that episode? It doesn't feel that long ago. But then time time seems like to have just evaporated at this point. So I don't even know. It could have been... Oh, this motherfucker talking time. Wait, I don't even know when we did this episode now. Probably on the other chart. It's so long ago. It was released June 10th. So it's about a year. Oh, ago. wow. Yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Time's time slipping away man but yeah no i mean yeah still with it less I than a year. Steve, Steve miller banned me for a second uh, or, or or time yeah time keeps on slipping um into the future like no, us I, I, no I'm you don't thinking, want that segue no i, I want more of the, the seal version you know oh, of course of course that that's what i was thinking about space but, space jam uh soundtrack space jam, is that correct right. yeah yeah that's correct yes boy it's king of the soundtrack seal huh yeah hey can't argue here man that's what we're here to say yep but that was my closing. Is, is I, I I watched all the Lupino movies in that set, and they were all they all had their merits. I mean, the only one I think you could argue that was film noir esque, which I think would be a fascinating one to do eventually, is The Bigamist, which I, I, with, with Edmund O'Brien and and uh, Lupino stars in it and directs it. And uh, it's yeah. not a hard sell. Yeah, it it's it is fascinating. Um, the portrayal of of Edmund O'Brien as the as a very sentimental almost. Uh, like you feel for this character, even though he's a bigamist. It's like it's a very bizarre. I believe he could do that. He's, he's yeah, a hell, hell of a he's, young actor. He's great at it. Young oh. actor. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, I think uh, as far as as far as we're concerned, I feel like if we were to do one, uh, I think that would definitely be it in the running. Well, subscribe to find out if it makes it. In the meantime, we're going to be running off to see what the day has to offer us, and we hope you do the same. Hope work is gentle if you're listening or the treadmill or whatever you're doing when you listen to this freaking thing. Yeah. I wonder. Tell making us. Dinner, making dinner. Yeah. All that stuff. Tell us. We gave you the we gave you the stats. You know where to find us. But in the meantime, we're going to off to conceive new crimes. We're going to go ahead and toast this one and say, here's two. Here's two. <laughs> Ready? <laughs>